All right, the Pac-12, every school played a non-conference game last week, and as a conference went an impressive 10-2. and Unfortunately, those two losses were the games that people were watching as Utah lost a close one to Florida in Oregon. When I tell you they got beat, brother, I mean, they really got thoroughly dismantled. We're going to talk about all that and more on this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Well, you work all week on trying to identify who the eligible receivers are. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. So, it says right there in the run-up, we talk about the games that happened last week. Uh, Started off on Thursday... Arizona State hosted Northern Arizona, a game Northern Arizona team that you noted had beat Arizona last season. Uh, they were no match for the Sun Devils. Sun Devils, very comfortable 40-3 to winners. Yeah, an interesting stat I learned this weekend is that the Sun Devils brought in the most new players in the conference at 51, and the second most was brought in by Arizona and Jet Fish. Um, so I think... Uh, right, rightfully skeptical of uh, Arizona State going into this game, but Northern Arizona was not up to the task, and they, you know, Arizona State, you know, it's hard to say that they looked impressive because they beat a, you know, an FCS team, but they, you know, they did what you're supposed to do to an FCS team, which is dominating. Yep, got, uh, nothing really to learn from that other than Arizona State did what they were supposed to do. Uh, next up on Friday, Colorado hosted TCU, a little Big Twelve, former Big Twelve matchup. Uh, and, you know, I actually tuned into the front of this game. The best thing I got out of this game, which TCU won and won comfortably, kind of going away in the second half, 38-13. Uh, to 13. Uh, The game did not start uh, on time. Uh, there was a delay, and ESPN2 or whatever channel it was on showed the, uh, you know, the last couple points of Serena Williams' tennis career. So I got to watch that just because I wanted to see the Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was on that same page. I was watching that uh, very emotional tennis match. To be, yeah, to be yeah, clear. yeah. Very, very emotionally charged. Um, and then the Colorado game started, and I was like, oh, yeah, the Buffs. And they made uh, – these Buffs might be bad, man. They might be a bad team. Uh, I don't know how good TCU is going to be the first – I got you. Starting, just, uh, just starting an ad on me that I had already silenced once. Um, yeah, so they, uh, you know, these buffs, I'm, I'm a little concerned these buffs aren't going to be any good, dude. Yeah, well, they, uh, we were talking about last week, we were, who's going to play quarterback for these guys, and they had Brendan Lewis and JT <laughs> Shroud. kids are having this much Are they fun. doing this to me now? Mm-hmm. They did your ad, and then they were like, well, maybe he wants to listen to one. Maybe one wants an ad. Yeah. It's fucking annoying, man. I already turned this ad off. I've been on this page now for some time, and I turned off the ad. Yeah. I just come right back over the top of you with it. It's shocking. Um, we might have to go, I'm going to have to go to a different scores page <laughs> if this yeah. persists. Uh, um, but anyway, we were talking about Brendan Lewis, JT Shrout. JT Shrout got in the game and I watched a couple series of him. He looked a little more decisive and ended up being the leading passer for Colorado. Uh, he did, uh, you know, you know, I mean, obviously he didn't do a whole heck of a lot because as a team, they didn't do a whole heck of a lot. And uh, but yeah, I mean, he did throw their touchdown pass. He had more yards per attempt. Uh, they had the same amount of completions, but he had double the yards almost. So, 
you know, I guess something to monitor who they end up going with. He at least looked like he had some swagger about him. Yeah, so you want some swagger, dude. You need swagger in this league, in need, any league, really. You need something. But, but yeah, so um, but could could be a bleak season uh, in Boulder. Yeah. The Buffs don't look too good to me. The Buffs, the Buffs had the makings of, of, of like a very bad team. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, Saturday, let's start it off. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll just take them in the order I have them. Chick-fil-A kickoff in the Mercedes-Benz Dome in Atlanta. Neutral site, Georgia, uh, playing Oregon. Uh, this was a, a non-contest. I mean, This was an ugly game. Man. Yeah, what I was struck by with this game, I was thinking, like, this Oregon team, you know, like, for my money, Cristobal, his great strength as a head coach was that he could recruit. He was, like, the best recruiter in the conference, right? And uh, I've talked to some Oregon fans at work, and they were saying, like, one of the big things in his favor is that, like, before Cristobal, they never could have gone into the horseshoe and beat Ohio State like they did last year, right? And, you know, I mean, it's college football, so there's a lot of roster turnover. And Georgia, at this moment, I would say, is uh, slightly better than Ohio State. I mean, basically, Georgia – but both Georgia and Ohio State are, like, two of the four teams that, like, will likely make the playoff, right? Yes. So, I mean, this is – you can't say it's anything but a step back for Oregon and a uh, disaster of a head coaching debut for Dan Lanning. Uh, did you see Kirby Smart's comments after this game? I did, but did you see the, like, video of Lanning during the game? I just saw – I think I was out doing something with my family while this was going on, so I didn't watch a ton of the game. I was just kind of tracking it on, a, you know, like Twitter or the app or whatever, or ESPN. So, no. I just saw one still photo where it looked like he was – I don't know if it would be possible to sweat more than that, man. He was sweating so profusely, and it looked like he hadn't slept in a month, which maybe he hadn't. Yeah. Um, he just looked like he was in horrible pain. Um, I, I feel already for his health. Um, yeah. I The thing that I wonder about Oregon is, like, they – yeah, I mean, so, so Cristobal recruited, right? Everybody is, is that's the rumor, right? He he really recruited. Now Oregon has now lost four of their last five games. Yeah, um, in three in a row, all pretty handily, like pretty bad defeats. Yeah. Um. So. And and like, what the hell are they doing starting Bo Nix at quarterback? Like, if you fancy yourself a playoff contending or, or peripherally relevant playoff franchise like Bo Nix played four years at Auburn and wasn't very good is the story on him you know like like particularly against the teams that you're going to have to compete against if you want to be in the playoff yeah uh, he couldn't do shit so like for everything that Cristobal did at Oregon like do they ha- like do they have a quarterback dude like they don't have a quarterback I'm surprised. Yeah, I mean, it seems like rather than take one season of Bonex or however much they get, you know, you might as well just like take your lumps with a kid, with the idea that he might turn into something. Because yeah, exactly like you're saying, we know what Bonex is, and that's yeah. like a. I mean, he's just like a guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and he's not like a good passer. Is the problem? Yeah. Like, you know, you, like you're not going to beat a good defense with Bonex. 
because they're going to take away the run game and and make you want. I mean, I don't even know if they even had to do that against Oregon. Like, you, I mean, like you said, it was just kind of just a disastrous start for Lanning. Like, Oregon looked unprepared and you know completely out of its depth. And if you're Lanning, like this is the game that you're going to know the most about the opponent by a country mile. Like you have a copy of their playbook. Yeah. And I doubt Kirby Smart changed his playbook just because Landing left. I mean, he was just yeah. like, all right, whatever, man. Um, and so, you know, it just – it was pretty striking to me that like, how bad they looked. They got they got an EWU game this week, you know, Eastern Washington. I, I'm going to be really fascinated with that game to see if they're, you know, ready to play and, like, look competent. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the the comments I was alluding to earlier by Kirby Smart after the game, he was saying that, like, you know, Coach Laney will never say this, but he knows we have way better players than him. Yeah, but that's true of everybody. I mean, like, God. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear it for whatever it's worth. Uh, the uh, Yeah, I mean, that's true for everybody, really, when they play Georgia. But the, yeah, I, And I would agree with that, but I also say it's – I don't believe it's 49-3 to 3 better. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like a competent team that's even overmatched, you know, from a talent perspective, can keep that game close. You know, they can they can limit turnovers. They can put a couple drives together. They can get you know find the end zone or, once. Yeah, ten, 10 or fourteen points on the board. Yeah, they can you know they can take the air out of the ball and limit Georgia's drives. You know, you can you can lose a game respectably when you're outclassed you know from a talent perspective if you've got good coaching you know that could have been a, a like a 24 14 kind of game and sh- probably should have been um but i mean like georgia could have put up 100 points if they had wanted to like there was no stopping them on like they they governed their own offense they like oregon was not stopping it yeah yep uh hate to see it i mean it was uh not a direct correlation, but remember in Chip Kelly's first game, he went to Boise State and LeGarrette Blunt punched that guy uh, in their loss, and then it didn't really rattle him at all. But that game was a close game. I don't yeah. know. I mean, that was a that was a much closer game, I think. I mean, then, oh yeah, it came down to it. Yeah, I mean that was like yeah, that was just. I mean, it was at Boise, I think too. Yeah, it was the weird thing, but. Um, yeah, I do remember that. That was that was that was insane. Yeah, so I'm I'm uh, so I mean obviously this is the first time we've ever seen Dan Landing coach a football game. Give him a firm F on that one. Yeah, unprepared team didn't execute for shit, and they you know they looked terrible. Yep. All right, let's move on to Florida and Utah. Uh, Utes, we're in with a shout in this one, uh, and frankly we're leading going into the fourth quarter, uh, and. Uh, but Florida kind of nipped them in the end in the swamp. Um, I, don't, I mean, it seems like a real, like super Utah-y game, you know, like kind of lower scoring and tight. Uh, so I don't really, you know, I don't know what the takeaway is here. I mean, uh, the you know, the, the kind of the favorite Pac-12 team, which I think Utah is, uh, ought to be taking care of business against a mid-tier SEC team, but it is the SEC. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Kyle Whittingham's time, at Utah in the Pac-12, like the one thing that consistently has got him is quarterback play. Yeah, and Cam Rising is a good quarterback, and so I kind of thought like this year 
okay, that's not going to be the right, that's not going to hold him back. But he threw a terrible, terrible pick to end this game. Utah got all the way down to like the three yard line with under a minute to go in this game. And the one thing Rising cannot do in that circumstance is throw a pick. And he did. And, you know, it's just like the constant bugaboo for Whittingham was his quarterback play. Because um, Utah should have won this game. Yeah. They should have gone into the swamp and come away with a huge victory for the conference. And instead, they leave, you know, with a respectable loss. But it's like, when when is that dude going to get an actual quarterback? I, I don't know. Yeah. All right, USC, first game for Lincoln Riley uh, and Caleb Williams. Uh, they hosted Rice and... That, I mean, this is what you do to an undermanned team. Just 66-14 to 14 blew their doors off. Three pick six in this game. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. For one game. Yeah. Like, if you got that in a video game, you'd be like, all right, I need to I need to up the difficulty setting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, is too, this is too much fun for me. Um, yeah, 19-22 to 22 for Caleb Williams. Uh, solid. I mean, that's just, you know, like like with a lot of these games, you don't really learn anything. It's just kind of, nope. did, did you take care of business? And, yes, they did. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Likewise, uh, we had Bowling Green and UCLA. I think for a second Bowling Green was up 17-7, to 7, then they decided to stop scoring, and UCLA decided to start scoring. Uh, and ended up being ultimately pretty comfortable 45-17 winners. Yeah, UCLA covers, and I mean, you know, I don't know. We don't learn anything from UCLA's non-conference schedule. It's really terrible, yeah. which is not their fault. Michigan bailed on them yeah. for a home-and-home, home, so it's not it's not really the Bruins' fault that they're playing a bad non-conference, but, you know, took care of business in front of about 20, 25,000 fans maybe. That was the story of this game was just nobody showed up for this game. 104 degrees in L.A., I guess, this weekend. It was something like 98 at kickoff. Yeah. I mean, just – you know, holiday weekend, school hasn't started yet. Just everything coming together for UCLA to make, uh, you know, nobody showed up to this game. So, you know, good win for them, but not a very impressive crowd. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, Arizona and San Diego State. Uh, San Diego State, I think, opening a new stadium, I guess, was, I guess, because we were talking about last week, why do the tickets cost so much for this game? I guess they got a new facility over there that people were excited to see and Jaden Delora the former Coug goes in there with Arizona super super impressive victory for the Wildcats considering how poor they were last year 38 to 20 comfortable win against a you know a respectable San Diego State team like this is a San Diego State team that people are talking about as a you know potential fill-in in in the Pac-12 uh yeah I mean I think they're the odds on favorite to join the Pac-12 um because I think if the Pac-12 doesn't invite them, then the Big 12 is going to, and that's the worst possible case scenario for the Pac-12. So I think, yeah, they're going to get an invite. Uh, yeah, good good win for Arizona for sure. Jed Fish, again, he has the second most transfers in the conference on his team with at 50, which, I mean, is a huge number. Yeah. Um, that is incredible to me. And uh, got them all, got them going. Jane Delora had a nice game, you know, almost 300 yards, four touchdowns, like against a really quality opponent. So, yeah, I mean that's the they're the the you know I would say the coming out of the of the conference of week one I would say they're the second most impressive team in terms of the result that they got. Yep, uh, California hosted UC Davis. Uh, this is like borderline, I would say, thirty-four to thirteen winners. I sort of did what they were supposed to do, but also kind of echoes of 
the Cal team that we've seen under Justin Wilcox that really struggles to score. Yeah, they didn't score in the first quarter, so you know there was some a lot of nerves going into that second quarter yeah. on the Cal sidelines. Yeah. <laughs> After they'd conceded a touchdown. And for yeah. sure there were some people, there's like a couple Cal diehards who were like apoplectic. Yeah. <laughs> when are we gonna fire this guy? Does nobody care? Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, again, uh, whatever, who cares? Stanford hosted Colgate, uh, Stanford took care of business, um, you know, 300 yards passing for Tanner McKee and a couple of touchdowns. Yep. Good game for oh, them. EJ Smith, Emmett Smith's son. Seems <coughs> like he's a good player. Oh yeah. 10 yards of carry. Yeah. Gotta love that. Yeah. Should give him the ball more. Uh, Washington state in Idaho, a little, little border battle. Uh, Moscow and Pullman, not too far away. You could, de- depending on the weather, legitimately walk to this game from the other place. Yeah. I mean, or you could take one of those, like, there's lots of, like, lime scooters now and bird scooters. and Yeah. You know, like, there's the one wheels that have, like, a decent range. And then there's electric bikes, you know, that you can get 40 miles on for charge. There's yeah. really a lot of options you could use to get to this game other than the conventional automobile. Here's what I would say. So Washington State wins by one touchdown against Idaho, who are an FCS team nowadays. They play in the big yeah. sky. Harrowing for Washington State, I would say. Uh, super uh, big warning. Um, red flag here for Washington State. Yeah. They, they should have won this game by 40 points. And, yeah, this uh, their quarterback, you know, had a decent game, 26-41. You know, eh, okay, from the completion percentage, 228 yards, which means he's – Averaging less than 10 yards per completion, um, less than five yards or close to five yards per attempt. Yeah. Um, these aren't big numbers um, for an FCS school you're going up against. So, I um, I mean, Washington State's going to get a, a, a – we'll see this week because they're getting they got a real squad to play this week. So, Yep. Here's, a, I would say, most impressive result in the conference for the week, Oregon State's opener. Yep, 100%. Yep. Uh they win 34 to 17, but that they they had the game all but on ice at the half. They went into the half up 24 to 0 against a traditionally competent to good Boise State team. Yeah, Boise State had to bench their quarterback Hank Bachmeyer. I mean, he threw three picks like right out of the gates. I mean, it's just Oregon State plays good defense this year and they've got some players on offense. You know Jonathan Smith's a good offensive mind. Uh, I'm with you. This is the most the most impressive team coming out of week one for me in the conference is Oregon State. Really good win for them. I think they should have won this game anyways, but the way they did it, just absolutely dominating. Um, really good result. Yep. And then that leaves us finally with Washington, uh, Saturday Night Special against Kent State. Uh, the first game in the Kalen DeBoer era. I didn't see what the listed attendance was at this game, but I'll tell you what. It wasn't Rose Bowl levels. But that was a pretty empty building. Uh, the listed attendance was like fifty six thousand or something. I would um, I would say one too much more than forty if it was forty. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I was you know not there. Um, really good game for Washington though. Um, Michael Phoenix um, appears to be a stud. That guy, that ball just like pops out of that guy's hands like. He has a zip on his pass, and it's accurate as hell. Yep. And that is something that if you're a Washington Husky fan, like you've seen quarterbacks throw the ball fast because Jake Locker could zip the ball. 
but it was not accurate. Yeah. And you've seen, you know, quarterbacks with accurate arms like Keith Price, but it was not fast. And, you know, it's been a, a, a minute since they've had like a big, you know, like a Cody Pickett, like gunslinging style, you know, pro style quarterback and, and Phoenix, man, that dude threw the ball all over the lot and looked good doing it. Yeah, I mean, and he really, uh, I was kind of looking on Twitter and there were a ton of Indiana fans, right, that have like, are still carrying the torch uh, for the Phoenix, right, because he was the architect of their great season in 2019. Um, And so they were all watching the game and they were all very impressed by his, uh, by how clean we kept him during the game. I saw a stat, uh, Capel in The Athletic, wrote out an article finally about the game. I guess he was at a wedding this weekend, but I was refreshing that over and over, waiting for a gamer, which never came. Um, but yeah, uh, on on Phoenix... Oh, here we go. These goddamn ads. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Jump the shark here, man. Yeah. All right, I'm switching to CBS Sports or some shit. Um... Anyway, that he had a he so he only got pressured four times during the game, and yeah. on those four pressures, of course I just lost it because I just had it before I had to switch away for that fucking ad. He was three of four uh, with and the and the one was incomplete, right? And otherwise he was just entirely clean. Yeah, no, I mean I, I he said after the game he didn't get hit, um, so. I mean, I don't, I don't remember him being knocked over at any point in time by the other team. So, I, I mean, look, Kent State is a is a MAC team, but they're a decent MAC team, um, and you know they're they're no worse than the Montana team that came into Husky Stadium last year and won. Um, so, if you're a UW fan, very exciting to see the offense look as good as it did. The defense looked okay. They didn't tackle great. Uh, they missed out on a couple sacks. They, you know, they certainly have some things to clean up, but I, I mean, all things considered, I've got very little to complain about for, as a Husky fan, real professional win. They covered, they covered the spread, you know, yeah. 24 and a half point spread, covered it up at 25, mm. like just a, a real tidy effort for the Huskies. And it looks, they, you know, they look good, which is what you want to see. Yeah. Offensively, uh, passing game wise was just a plus. Running game was solid, not spectacular. Uh, the one the first touchdown, though, I will say that Wayne <laughs> Taula Papa scored. He had a hole that you could have, like, you know, they say you could have driven a Mack truck through it. You legitimately could have driven a semi truck through the hole that developed on this play. It was on a fourth and one, and it was just like I, I sent a still of that to the chat, which I'm sure you saw or saw it elsewhere. Yeah, oh yeah, outrageous to be yeah. like it's fourth and one. They're running the ball, and to end up with the running back having like four clear yards on either side of him. Like what happened? Something hilarious. I don't know. But that yeah. was so great. Yeah. I love that. That the, was just like, they go for it and they do that little, they do the little like, you know, read option bit, give him the ball. <laughs> He's just like, there's nobody on the left side of the field. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it was like back in, uh, back in the dark, dark times, uh, when uh, UW was very bad at football, one of my shticks was recognizing very early when the defense was was getting torched um, in a play. 
Yeah. And I'd be like the first person to yell like, oh, no, there's no one there. Um, you know, when, yeah. when like you know, <laughs> an Oklahoma running back was going left and you could just look at the left side of the field and there was not a Washington like <laughs> defender to be found, you know. Yeah. And so I was like, I got I developed it intentionally would try and like jump the gun on that and be like, oh, no, you know, and and uh, and that was like one of those circumstances, but only positive for a change, which is nice. Um, where uh, you just like, as it's happening, you're like, oh, there's no one, like he's gone. Like there's yeah. not, there's not a safety back there or some cornerback that, you know, like he's gonna, nope, there's, there's no players uh, to stop him. And he was even looking around at first. I thought like, don't get a taunting penalty, but I think like he was legitimately confused a little bit. Like what the hell? Like where, where is everybody? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, like, other, other, other things about the Phoenix, uh, got the completed passes to 10 different receivers, which is awesome. Yeah. Five uh, different touchdowns, right? Yeah. Uh, the one thing in terms of like constructive criticism, uh, the Kent state early in the game took the top off our defense, uh, once or twice. And that's like, if they can do it, other people saw that, you know? Yeah. I assume they did. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm yeah, concerned I mean, the about the corner play because we ended up with uh, after uh, Perryman got hurt. I think that's his name, the transfer guy. Uh, he had like a leg thing that is not going to apparently stop him from playing. We were playing Julius Irvin, who is more of a safety at one of our corners. I've read now that he's just like he's a corner now. Okay, <laughs> but like they decided at, during that game that he is a corner, which yeah is alarming. Because he yeah. wasn't a corner going into the game. Yeah. Um, but you know, like they 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 did a good job of prefacing our defense this year with the idea that we're going to be very aggressive, which means we're going to give up some big plays. Yeah. I heard that a lot. Yeah. And so I feel like that really took the sting out of like a, a long pass play a little bit, where I was like, oh, okay, well the coach told me this is going to happen, so I I'm you know I'm a little bit more uh, attuned to like willing yeah. to accept it. <laughs> Smart move by them. You yeah, know, really intelligent, like way to <laughs> condition your audience, you know, like, uh, Asa Turner, two interceptions, uh, literally can't recall him making one play in his entire Husky career up until this game. Uh, and he had a monster. Yeah. And now that now memory, if memory serves, he's made two plays. Yeah. I remember both of those. <laughs> yeah. So that was great. Uh, yeah. All in all, Savvy Smalls was in the mix. Haven't really yeah, like, six, he was like a big five tackles. star. Six huh? tackles. He was all over the place. Yeah. He was like, because he was like a big local five star recruit who was like, thank God we finally got one of these guys. And he hadn't really done much up till now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was, yeah, like overall, I just was, had a very good feeling watching the game. Uh, and it w- would have liked it if more people were in the building, would have liked it if the defense was a little more stout or if we ran more. But that's, these are uh, rich people problems, right? We won comfortably uh, after as bad as we looked last season. We were above all entirely front to back competent. Hundred percent confident. Look good. No complaints. Alrighty. How'd we do on the picks last week? Well, you did quite well. Um, you are tied for first with Worm at ten and two. Next we have Tubby at nine and three. Wow, we're on Verizon Adam, now. Yes, yeah, because of their new plan, one four, unlimited for iPhone. And Kellen is in last place at seventy five. Okay. Note that there's a lot of people playing picks this year. Um, That's a lot. We opened it up for the chat, and lots of people evidenced and you know and indicate that they would be interested in playing. So 
That's how it goes. All right, so this weekend we got the entire conference again. Going out, step, stepping out of conference, uh, and we'll just start it up. Weird start time, Southern Utah and Utah, uh, 10.30 a.m., no line in the game, free money. Free money for Utah. Oh, no. Washington State's going to Madison. It's not going to go good. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I mean, Wisconsin. 17.5 point favorites. Uh you know, maybe Washington State's a team that kind of like plays the level of their opposition. I don't know how great Wisconsin is supposed to be this year. Uh, they're, yeah, so who knows? I think the thing that, I mean, so, you know, going into week two, the problem that you have for WSU fans is that you have to be, you have to be bought into the narrative that they're going to get better as the season goes on. Yeah. Right. Like they, they weren't going full speed in practice. They didn't get to hit very much. You know, the offense didn't get a lot of reps together, however you want to couch it. But yeah. they looked bad against Idaho. They squeaked out the win. Yeah, going to Madison next is going to be a, a problem, I have to believe. Um, I'm with you, Wisconsin, to win that game handily and further fuel the narrative that the conference isn't any good. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's like the thing we should be on the lookout for. Uh, uh, Colorado uh, are traveling uh, to Air Force Yeah, uh, for a little in-state game. Uh, the Falcons, Falcons are yeah. favored by 17 and a half points. That is absurd. Seems like, is Air Force, can they really be that good? Can they even score that many points to like win by that much running their offense is my yeah. question. Like, is Colorado that bad? I mean, I know we thought that they might be very bad, but I mean, oh my God. That seems I'm, like I'm, too much. Too much for me, dude. I'm going Colorado. Yeah. Although, I mean, if this is, this align is, is alarming to me that people look at Colorado and that's what they think. This could be the, la- you know, this is borderline last time we picked Colorado this year. We're getting, dude, if you we're lose getting 17 points. More than 20 points, I'm going to be, yeah. yeah. That's a problem. Uh, all right. Cal and UNLV. Uh, Cal are 13 points favorites. And Cal, you know, among, like, the games that were, like, free blowouts were probably, like, the least impressive. I guess aside from Washington State, that should have been a blowout. So second least impressive. They're 13-point favorites against UNLV. UNLV is a team that's been in, like, a perpetual rebuild for, like, the last, uh, I don't know, however long they've been playing football there. Um. But they're one and zero. I, I mean, it's I I suppose I'm going to take Cal, but I do not feel great about Cal laying this many points. I want to try UNLV just to get on the opposite of you on, on at least one pick, but um, I'll I'll take I'll take UNLV here. All right, we got Washington and Portland State. Well, we should Pretty do that ready. one last. Excuse me. We'll skip yep. that one for now. How about That's Alabama State going to UCLA? No line in the game. Free money. UCLA. Yep, free money. We'll take it. USC and Stanford. Hmm. Little non-contest for both teams last week. USC are eight-point favorites in the game. On the road. Stanford's Stanford. given them problems before. I'll take Stanford in this one. 
I'm gonna stick with SC. But you're right. This is like this is a measuring stick game for SC. Like they always play Stanford early in the year because they both have Notre Dame on their schedule, so which yeah. they play later in their season. Yeah. Um this this is a fascinating game to me. I I could see USC losing this game. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. No problem. So I'm gonna take them to win it. I won't be surprised if it is. Oh, and I'm rooting against SC every game they play. For oh, like yeah, which yeah. I did anyway, but now that they're leaving especially. Oh, for sure. Um, Arizona State and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, 11.5-point favorites. Uh, I like I like the narrative that the conference isn't any good, and if there's any chance that people are going to take the temperature of that, let's say it's going to go bad for the conference. So I like Oklahoma State minus 11.5. I like it. I'm taking Arizona State. Ooh. I like it. Apologies. Conference pride. Eastern Washington and Oregon – You know, I could be talked into it. I mean, I'm going to take Oregon, but I could be talked into it too. I mean, like they're they're going to run Bo Nix out there again at quarterback, and Bo Nix is not good at quarterback. So I, you know, and Eastern's competent. Eastern is a very competent program and has been for a long time. I mean, Oregon took a Eastern Washington quarterback on a transfer a couple years ago, Vernon Adams, and like started him for a whole year. Yeah. Um. So, I, you know, this isn't – if Oregon comes out in this game and looks befuddled, out of sync, and their talent can't just overwhelm Iwu, like, it's going to be a long season. So, I, I mean, no no line here to take Oregon to win it, but, you know, they should win this by 25 points if they're anywhere near as good as, you know, the preseason ranking suggested they were. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. This is definitely one where you're going to be checking in – in the first quarter, midway through the second, and, you know, wait, do I need to be turning this thing on? Yeah, do, do because, again, the next win Dan Lanning has as a head coach will be his first. Yeah. We do, we do not know, and the only data point we have so far suggests he's bad. Correct. All right. Oregon State and Fresno State, tough little game for the Beavers. Going down to Fresno, where they're one-point favorites, which is pretty impressive against, I mean, Fresno's got an established QB and Jake Hayner. Uh, is Tedford coaching there now? Yeah, they got a kick-ass coach and Jeff Tedford. Yeah. They got players who won a bunch of games last year. Uh, and, yeah, a good game. I'm I'm so impressed with what Oregon State did in week one. I'm going to take them in, week, in this one. I'm with you, man. I'm on the Jonathan Smith train. All right, and uh, Mississippi State going to Tucson. Mike Leach back to the pack. Uh, where his Bulldogs are 10.5-point favorites against Arizona. I'm taking Mississippi State. I am, too. Yeah, I like it because it's just going to make the conference look bad. Is Fresno on the expansion list? I don't think so. I mean, I think they are, like, peripherally, but I think San Diego State is, like, first in line. Okay. And then, like, after that, there's kind of, like, a couple other schools. It's, like, Boise in it? Yeah, Boise, Fresno. There's like academic issues with, with like all those schools, but I guess San Diego State's like the closest. Yeah. To a Pac-12 school academically. Um, yeah. But Fresno, I think, is is not. Um, and so that's kind of the the holdup there. 
Yeah. Although I got to be honest, like I don't think it matters. Like they we're talking. Who cares? The conferences. Yeah. The conferences exist only for sports. Like, yeah, yeah. It's not like it's not like you know like there's not a conference rivalry between like the English and history departments. Yeah. At these schools. Like, yeah. Like we can go ahead and just ignore the academics. Like they're not going to change. That uh, is funny that they do that, that. You know that like uh, that even you know all you know that like people say that about like the pack. 12 or whatever like that like well all these schools are great public you know or great universities you know yeah they're private ones too but like it's yeah it's like who who gives a shit you know yeah that's why i'm yeah. I'm stand by i'm like I, I still for the life of me i'll never understand why the ivy league doesn't try and have big time football yeah just like open it up bring in scholarships yeah fuck it, never you know because yeah. wouldn't you i mean like any kid be like, what i get a harvard degree yeah. Yeah, they should. You're right. They should. <laughs> and it's not like it's going to diminish. It's not like Goldman Sachs is going to stop recruiting on Harvard can- Harvard's campus if they open it up. Oh, it's a, it's a slap in the face players. to the academic tradition of the university. No, the fuck they are. It's like going to be all this hedge fund manager tripping over themselves to pay kids a million dollars to go throw the football there. I'll see you in Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, going to the, we're going to the Fiesta Bowl. That's right. Fucking A, baby. Yeah. <laughs> We took this too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, last up. Oh, Sparks wants me to reactivate that league. All right, I'm going to do it. Uh, that's how I'm not going to play, dude. Well, Floyd can draft. Floyd will do it. Yeah, you got Floyd. He's going to be one of three Floyd active Sparks, dude. Three stacked teams. Uh, Washington uh, hosting Portland State in a game with no line. Uh, this is, you know, free win for Washington. You just want to see people get healthy and kind of build on the good things from last week. And, and this is the type of game where you say, you know, hopefully Morris and Ewer get a bunch of snaps in the second half. Yeah, yeah. You want to see you want to see him up twenty eight nothing in the first quarter if you give that, you know, and, and a blowout. And you want to see the defense clean up a little bit on the tackling. And uh, I mean, I, I want zero stress in this game. I'm taking my daughter. She actually really enjoys the games. But obviously, I'm going to have to, you know, be worried about, you know, our snacks situation and all that other stuff. So, um, you know, I don't want to have to be like actually looking at the, the scoreboard in the second quarter, being like, "Hey, when are we going to turn it on?" Like, I don't want that. This would be the game I'd take my kids to this year. But the game I took my kids to last year was Montana, so I think the kids might be taking the year off, especially because like <laughs> all the games other than this are going to probably be like 8 p.m. kicks. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean they don't care. They like going to the Husky games because they get to eat, uh, you know, like a, yeah. you know, whatever, a hot dog and some candy. Yeah, that's what my. I mean, again, that's all my daughter's gonna care about over there. And I'll so. be like, oh, you want a soda? Great, shut up. Yeah, here's a, here's a soda. Just let me watch this for God's sake. I just want to watch this game for God's sake. We're losing. Oh, but yeah, we're in that Montana <laughs> game. We're losing to Montana. There's grown men, you know, yeah. like with yeah. you know within twenty feet of us just cursing jimmy lake yeah. up yeah. And, down. and you're like you're like here's the deal kids dad isn't feeling good like you need to like <laughs> yeah. we need to no it was adjust. one of those where i have to really you know where, where if they were like really tuned in they would know how bad i was feeling because i was really overselling that it was fine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tears streaming down your face yeah. i didn't get this that. is fine <laughs> guys it's no big deal it's no yes. big did ever did you guys have a good time Except for the except for the game, we, let's not think about the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All I can think about is the game. 
Yeah. <laughs> Didn't occur to them that you walked home to Tacoma from Husky yeah. Stadium afterwards, and it was like mom just drove him back with the car, and you just walked walked it in, you know, and and that's not unusual, you know. Like, yeah, I messed up on that pay to park thing, going to the game or something, because I went and uh, drove up, and I was like, whatever, I'm not going to go to a ton of games this year, so I like parking in uh, under the libraries, you know. Yeah. In that garage there. And then I go in there and the guy hands me a thing with some QR code that says go to this app or whatever or hit this QR code and it'll cost you 30 bucks to park here, which is great because it used to be 50 bucks. I don't know why they lowered the price. But uh, then I got there and tried to go in on the app and the app was like, You're, it was great. You're parking zero dollars. You can stay here for three days. I was like, this can't be right. But the app said what the app said. So we're not going to. Yeah, you can't parking. argue with the app. That's, yeah. the, that's the beautiful thing about automation is that it's it is what it is sometimes. Yeah. I was like, listen, I tried to do it. It told me I didn't have to pay any money, so whatever. I'll, I'm going to yeah. chalk that up. Um, but, yeah, dude, uh, glor- glorious football game. is great. And, you know, the, you know, the great thing about going to these Husky games, you run into people. Got to see Chip Baker got uh, and his family. Got to see the Lawsons. Good to see some dogs. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm excited. I'm excited to go this weekend. Yeah, it'll be a good one. It'll be a good one. All right, that does it for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers. For Eric, I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.